Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. So for those of you who uh, have a short attention span, we want you to know at Whole Life, we respect that. Okay. So I'm about to tell you the whole sermon in 60 seconds. You ready to go? Everybody got your stopwatch? Here we go. Our key texts are going to be from Isaiah 51, just the first part, uh, 51.5, just the first part of that verse, and then Micah 6.8. And then I'm going to suggest to you that in the Old Testament, justice and righteousness are the same thing. The justice and righteousness is being in a right relationship with God and others. In fact, a right relationship with God, believing and being obedient to God. If we believe in God, if we're being obedient to God, It's shown through our right relationship with the people around us. That's it. So if you're ready to go, you can. If you want to stay, stick around, see what uh, trouble Ken gets himself into, you're more than welcome to do that too. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being relational. Help us not to forget just how relational you are. Help us not to turn our religion into dry theory. Help us to know that our walk with you is dependent on how we treat others. We pray in your name. Amen. So for the next two Sabbaths, I'm going to be talking about Old Testament spiritual justice and societal justice. And can I just go ahead and can we just be honest with each other for just a minute? When I say societal justice, when I say social justice, when I say spiritual justice, that could be a trigger for some people here, right? It could trigger you a little. You could be like, Pastor, let's leave the politics to the politicians. I came to church to experience Jesus today. I want you to know I can respect that. I understand where that comes from. But I also want you to know that's not the Seventh-day Adventist tradition. You hear what I said? That's not the Seventh-day Adventist tradition. Seventh-day Adventists have always been outspoken about what's happening in society. We have to be because we believe we are living in the last days of, of history. And so if we're living in the last days of history, we've got to be talking about what's happening in the last days of history. That's why I'm proud of the founders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church that when slavery was an issue, they didn't say, let's not talk about that. That's political. Adventist pastors got up front and were actively speaking against slavery, actively. And believe me, there was no hotter political topic. We had a whole civil war. And Adventists were abolitionists. They spoke to the issues of the day from the pulpit. 
But what I've found is that when I speak about issues, people say, hmm, must be Republican if they're Democrat. And if they're they're Republican, they think, oh, he's a Democrat. I'm not a stranger to this. I was a television reporter and I call it uh, covered politics. And I always knew I was doing a great job when I would get angry phone calls from both parties about the same story. But I always did think reporters ought to be honest about where their political affiliations were because I just thought it would be helpful for people to know where they're coming from. So today, I thought, I'll be a little honest with you. And I have to tell you, I kind of warmed this up earlier with our worship team. They're like, don't go there, Ken. Don't tell them what, don't tell them where your politics lies. That's a bad idea. But hang on with me. And and if it's a bad idea, um, you know, I just unpacked. I can pack again, I guess. So uh, I grew up in a very Republican household culture, very, very fervent Republican growing up, very much identified with the Republican Party as a reporter, which was a surprise to the Republican governor, who was convinced that I was a liberal. Couldn't be. But I remember the day that my politics changed. I remember it very vividly. It had been an ongoing process, but I remember the day. It was almost a conversion experience for me. I was interviewing the Republican Speaker of the House, of the legislature, pardon me. And uh, he, and actually this was the day before, he had this wonderful piece of legislation. It was a really good piece of legislation, but it wasn't a very Republican piece of legislation. And as I was interviewing him, I pointed that out to him. I said, this isn't, you know, I don't think your party's going to be particularly happy with you. And I'll never forget him saying, he said, Ken, I hear you, but it's what needs to happen. He said, sometimes you have to do things that don't go along with some core beliefs like raising taxes, which was the case here. Because there's a bigger problem involved. I said, well, I respect that. I do. But I think you're going to get a lot of pushback. And he said, I'm ready for it. This is the right thing to do. We're going to move ahead. So imagine my surprise the next morning when I got a phone call from the speaker saying, Ken, you need to get over here. You misquoted me last night. I said, it was a sound bite. (laughs) It was a video clip. He goes, you know, you can take that stuff out of context. I said, yeah, I know I can, but I didn't. He said, just get down here. And what had been happening, he had just been getting beaten up in talk radio, just getting beaten up that morning. And so I said, well, you know, hey, I'm always happy to have a story to, (laughs) you know, reporters got to eat. So uh, happy to have a story. So I ran down there and, uh, and I, and I, um, set up the camera and, and he just completely ran back everything he'd done. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. This was really, this is a bad piece of legislation. I didn't think it all the way through. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. 
And I pushed back in the interview. I was like, but yesterday you said you knew it was a good piece. You, you're, all the things you're saying now, you said yesterday that you knew and you understood. No, no, Ken, I, you're, you're not, you didn't really hear me yesterday. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I did. And so I said, but you know, you told me this was really important. And we went through the reasons why it might be important. And he, um, he just, he kept, you know, I'm pulling out, I'm pulling this legislation out. We're not going to do it. Okay. So my photographer packed up the camera, went out to our vehicle, and I said to the speaker, I said, Mr. Speaker, I don't believe that you believe a word of what you said in the interview today. I believe that you believe what you said yesterday, and I don't believe you believe a word of what you said today. And he winked at me and turned around and walked away. And I lost it. And what I did, what, and what you need to understand is, and this is really important, it's not that I became a Democrat. I didn't. In that moment, what I realized was that politicians will be politicians. Democrat, Republican, independent. And what changed for me at that moment was I quit worrying about the letter that was beside somebody's name. And I started caring about the issues and the character of those people. And that's the way I have been ever since. Becoming a pastor has only made me feel stronger that way. I'm telling you this, this story because it's really important to me because we are going to be talking about political issues. This church has a history of doing it, and we're going to keep doing it because the Seventh-day Adventist church has a history of doing this. Okay? This is not stepping out of line. We will, ta- we will talk about issues. But what I need you to understand is when I come at these issues, I come at these issues with a C beside my name. Christ. Okay? What I care about is what Christ has to say about it. I don't care what Democrats, socialists, independents, Republicans don't care. What I care about is what Jesus has to say about it. And I find it ironic that in the United States today, that we are okay with politicians hijacking Christian issues and using it for their purposes, but then we don't want pastors to take those issues back and say, wait a minute. If politicians can talk about Jesus, if they can be theologians, I have a right to weigh in. I have a right to weigh in. I should be weighing in. It bothers me in the extreme that our country has become a country that is completely comfortable with politics dictating our Christianity and not Christianity dictating what comes out of politics. And if you don't believe me, you haven't been paying attention closely enough or you are too aligned with your political ideology to see clearly. I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. So as we're going to be talking about spiritual justice and societal justice, I want you to hear it from this lens. I am coming at it from a biblical worldview. Go ahead and stop worrying about whether I'm Republican or Democrat or whatever. You know now. You know where I'm at. I don't care. But what I do care about is talking about topics that are relevant and that are biblical. Are we clear? Okay. And again, you don't have to like it. I'm okay with that. And in fact, I wish that we would be a little bit more okay in our society with with understanding that if you're a Democrat and I'm a Republican, we can be friends. We don't have to agree 
So let's talk about what justice is in the Bible, in English. When we use the word justice, this is what it means. It means being fair, impartial, and equitable in the treatment of others. That's how it is used in the English language. As I have mentioned to you on more than one occasion, the Bible was not written in English. Okay? So, there are several words in the Old Testament for justice. And they get translated. There are different words, but we'll see the word justice every time. And so you're not catching the nuance of what's being said there. So today what we're going to do is we're going to see what the Old Testament has to say about justice. The first word in the Old Testament that I want to highlight for you is the word mishpat. Mishpat. Okay? This is a Hebrew word, and it can be found in Micah 6, verse 8, which is very familiar to most Christians. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. So this word mishpat is the word that we see translated as justice here. So what does it mean in the original language? In the original language, it means giving people what they are due, whether punishment or protection or care, giving people what they are due. Sometimes this word will be uh, translated as judgment at times in some translations. Giving people what they're due, whether punishment or protection or care. So what does the Lord require of you? But to give people what they are due, whether punishment or protection or care. But then look what comes next. To love kindness. In other translations, it says mercy. So we give people what they're due, but we love mercy. What you're going to need to see is that in the Old Testament, God always couples justice with love and mercy. The Old Testament. The Old Testament. We like to say, we know the, the Old Testament. God always couples justice with love and mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So when we're talking about spiritual ideas here, this is the first one I need you to get in your mind. Mishpat, giving people what they are due. But then there's another word that often gets used as well. This word is sedek. Sedek. And this one gets really interesting on us quick. The New Living Translation in Isaiah 51, and just the first part of that verse says, my mercy and justice are coming soon. My salvation is on the way. So you look at it and you think, okay, there's the word justice. But the New American Standard Bible translates it a little bit different. It says, my righteousness is near. My salvation has gone forth. This becomes super important to understand. Whenever this word is used, both translations are correct. You see, in our language, if I were to say justice, you wouldn't necessarily think of righteousness. But in a Hebrew mind, justice and righteousness are the same thing. Treating people right. So let's go ahead and see how that one's. This is the day-to-day living in which a person conducts all relationships with fairness, generosity, and equity. Day-to-day living in which a person conducts all relationships with fairness, generosity, and equity, righteousness, or justice. It's getting interesting, isn't it? 
Here's another place for those of you who like Bible prophecy, Daniel 9. Daniel 9. Anybody know? Anybody familiar with this one? Okay. Let's go there. Let's see. This is uh, part of the Seventh-day Adventist Church's understanding of the 2300-day prophecy found in Daniel 8 and 9. And so in Daniel 9, 24, it says, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish wrongdoing, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for guilt, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. That word everlasting righteousness, sedek. To bring in justice. To bring in righteousness. To treat people equitably. That changed the verse a little bit for you? You understand what's being said here. Jesus is going to come. And guess who brought righteousness with him? Jesus did. Jewish people weren't able to accomplish it in 70 weeks, 490 years. For those of you who wonder if I understand this. I just threw that in as a bonus. All right, there you go. Isaiah 56, verse 1. This is what the Lord says. Guard justice and righteousness. Guard justice and righteousness. And do righteousness. For my salvation is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Now, this one's fun. This one's really fun. Why? Because it says guard justice. Mishpat or Siddiq, what do you think? Okay, you can talk to me. Mishpat, correct. Guard justice. But guess what? And Siddiq. See how they're put together? Now, what's really cool about this, for my salvation is about to come in my Siddiq. To be revealed. By the word, the word salvation, in the original language, it's the word that Jesus' name is derived from. Following along? This is fun, isn't it? This is what the Lord says, guard my justice and do righteousness, for Jesus is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed. My sedate, my justice. Awesome. Now, just so we know, the root word, okay? I know that's not Jesus' really there, okay? For those of you who are, are biblical scholars, I know that, okay? But the root word is where Jesus' name come, comes from, that salvation. Yeah. You guys following along here a little bit? Do you see how justice actually matters a lot to God? It's talked about a lot in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I would argue with you, it's actually talked more about in the Old Testament than it is in the New Testament. It's talked about in the New Testament. Don't get me wrong. No, that's not, I'm just saying the Old Testament has a lot to say about justice. And that's why Jesus said this. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy. Now you see why Jesus now is linking these two together? Because in the Old Testament, they're linked together. Justice and mercy and faithfulness, but these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. I think he's basing that, by the way, off of Micah 6, where he says, do justly, love mercy. Family, when we get so caught up on our personal righteousness, and what I mean by that is 
doing things that are just between us and God, tithing, keeping the Sabbath holy, me keeping the Sabbath holy, not worrying about you guys. When we get so caught up on that, we miss the weightier issues. You see, if you are abusing your brothers and sisters, if you're nasty and mean and unkind, but you're keeping the Sabbath well, Jesus is going to tell you, you kind of missed the boat there. And just like Jesus, don't hear me. Do the former, but don't neglect the more important thing. Proverbs 21, verse 3. The Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just than when we offer him sacrifices. Family, see why we've got to talk about this stuff. We've got to talk about justice. Why? Because God says this. It's better than coming here and singing your praise to God and then treating other people horribly during the rest of the week, taking advantage in your work uh, uh, situations, uh, uh, being unkind. This has nothing to do with political party and everything to do with, with basic Christianity. By the way, you see that Sadek and Mishpat are both in there? The Lord is more pleased when we do what is Sadek and Mishpat than when we offer him sacrifices. Why does God care about that? Because Mishpat, I'm sorry, Sadek and Mishpat are the habitation of thy throne. What does that mean? It means that God's a throne in biblical times was the, the seat of power, the seat where all power is displayed. And so what the psalmist is saying is that the seat, the place where God's throne is, where his power comes from, is from justice and righteousness. It's giving people what they're due, and it's also mercy and kindness. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Isn't that beautiful? Family, if if you haven't figured this out right now, I want you to really catch this really clearly. If you want to do spiritual justice, in other words, if you want to be just spiritually, it's not just about you personally checking off boxes. God is relational. It's one of the reasons why, as a Seventh Adventist church, we believe in the Trinity. Because God is relational. He works in perfect relationship. And being created in his image, justice is core because we have to work in relationship with others, treating each other with love and respect and mercy and kindness. You know, we tend to look at the Old Testament and it's like, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, lots of people being murdered, lots of death, mayhem and whatever. And we can't wait to get to the Old New Testament where there's love finally. Family, the Old Testament is full of love. God is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. He's the same God in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. The problem is, is that we often don't put on our glasses and look carefully at what's really going on. My challenge to you today 
is to really embrace the idea that if you want to be righteous, you have to be just. Because righteousness and justice are intertwined with each other. We see that in the Old Testament where the same word can be used for righteousness or justice. It's being in a right relationship with God. And a right relationship with God is shown through a right relationship with others. If you want to know if you're in a right relationship with God, how are you treating the people? Are you caring about mercy? Are you caring about kindness? Yes, there's a place for consequences. Absolutely. But are you more worried about giving people what they deserve or what God paid for them to receive, which is mercy? Next Sabbath, we're going to actually dive deep into what the Old Testament idea of societal justice looks like. And so I really would love to have you come back because I think you're going to be fascinated as you look at some of the things that, that you might not have noticed in the Old Testament about God, how God sets up a just system of government in the Old Testament and some of the things that he does to protect and take care for the marginalized in society and what implications that will have for us as we go about things. What I want you to know, though, is this, and this is so important, so important. We don't get caught up in political things, titles, okay? We don't. We get caught up in what matters to the heart of Jesus because Jesus has to be the center, the center of our life, not our political affiliation, Jesus. And when Jesus is the center, we find joy. Jesus is the center of our joy. Every week that I end up being up here, it's different when you sit up here and hear the music and hear the worship. So thank you, worship team. We are severely blessed here at Whole Life Church every single week. So big hand for them, please. You're not even sweating. Say that again? You're not sweating. I'm not sweating? You're not sweating. I thought you might be sweating a little bit. Politics, all that. No? Okay. I'm not worried about it. You're not worried about it. Well, it's good. Elise uh, made a comment and said, that was so good. Thank you, Pastor. So you're on, you're on the right path. It was good to go there. I like it. And we have a ton of questions today, so I, I'll just warn you, we're not going to get to them all, so you'll have to listen to the podcast. But uh, Corbin asked, is an eye for an eye the same as what they are due? The same as what? What they are due. Like they're, oh, what they are due. Yeah. So that'd be the kind of the mishpot part of things, what they're due. Yeah, yeah. Um, it actually is. It's part of that. And... Um, and I think that it's important to understand that there is a justice element in things where that people do receive uh, what they're due. But what we see um, also in the Old Testament as well is God's uh, quickness to um, show mercy as well. Mm. And, and so I think that the part that we, that we need to understand is that when God uses, um, when he does things, and brings in this mishpat, it's always redemptive in nature. 
That gets overlooked a lot. I think it does. The the point of it is to bring somebody back into right relationship in the community. The point of it isn't to to be punitive, okay, um, and just be just punishing because it gives me pleasure to see you hurt since you made me hurt. The, The goal is to bring somebody back into relationship, back into relationship in the community. But personally, we're talking politics, Ken. So you know. If you don't agree with me, I mean, we want to see him hurt just a little bit, don't we? Say that again? If, in politics, if they don't agree, we want to see him hurt just, I mean, a little bit, right? No? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess <laughs> that's probably true. It really, can I just say, um, this one's been on my heart a little bit because I just see our country being so wrenched apart. Mm-hmm. Jesus asked for unity amongst his followers. He didn't say conformity. That doesn't, if you're a Democrat, if you're a very avid Democrat, that's a great thing. Good for you. Yeah. If you're a very avid Republican, that's a great thing. Good for you. But if you let that get in the way of loving a brother or sister in Christ because they are a different political persuasion mm. than you mm. are, that's that's not okay. No. Um, and that's one of the things I love about whole life. I love that we have a wide spectrum of people here different ethnicities, different cultures, different political philosophies. And to me, that's the beauty. That's, I mean, that's what heaven will be. People who are coming from all kinds of different backgrounds and saying, but Jesus, you're what matters. Mm-hmm. You're the center and you're what we care about. And, and that means we're going to treat each other with respect when we disagree on a topic, when yeah, we see something, whatever that yeah, topic absolutely. may be, we are going to lovingly say, I trust that you're coming from a good place. You know, if you disagreed with the sermon today or any time, that's fine. But I would hope that everybody would always know that my heart is coming from a good place. I may be misguided, but I'm coming from a good place. Even if I'm misguided. Even if I'm misguided. It's a good place, though. (laughs) It's a good place. All right. I do want to get to one more because we're kind of in that Old Testament theme. And Zoe asked, after studying the Bible for some time, it really seems like the Old Testament has less importance or peace than the New Testament. Why should I focus on the Old Testament? Because in order to understand the New Testament, you have to understand the Old mm. Testament. If you really want to understand what's going on. And um, if, if the Old Testament had no relevance for us, then it, it would be, you would think that, that you would hear a completely different message out of Jesus and, and the different gospel writers and Paul and so forth. But what you see consistently is they are quoting if you really take the time, it's incredible to see how much Old Testament scripture is being quoted constantly mm. by the New Testament writers, constantly. And so if you really want to truly appreciate the New Testament, I think you have to really appreciate the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. There are things in there that are hard. Yeah. There are really hard things. But I think that's the the beauty of those things is instead of ignoring them and just and just putting them off to the side and never thinking about it, I think that we ought to embrace the struggle and say, why is that there? Yeah. I don't, and if I can't understand it, can I still have faith that God is good even when I don't understand those things? And that's, uh, that's one of the things we're going to get to at a church retreat, which I hope people are signing up for. Absolutely. um, I'm signed up. That's going to be a topic. I'm signed up. We're going to talk about when the, when, when you struggle with those passages in the Old Testament where you see genocide, where you see slavery, where you see 
all these other things that, that we can struggle with. What do we do with that? How do we reconcile them with our faith? And, and the too easy answer is just throw it out. Don't look at it. Yeah. And let's just focus on the New Testament, which also, by the way, endorses slavery and um, has some things happening in it too. But we just go ahead and again, we, we kind of cut those parts out because they don't fit with the narrative that we have. And instead of doing that, I, I want to suggest we need to embrace the, the conflict and really try to understand what's going on. It requires some digging though it on does. our part and some patience, which I don't know that, I don't know if I'm really good at digging either of those. patience and faith. And faith. Faith that, that when we see Jesus being revealed to us in the gospels, that same Jesus is the God of the Old Testament too. And, and that what we're seeing in the New Testament is the full revelation of who he is. Pride too. Because I think a lot of times we look at those and go, I'm not sure what that means. I don't want to ask anybody because then I'm vulnerable to, you don't know everything, but I would challenge that none of us know everything about the Bible. And studying the Bible with someone or a group of people that are smarter than you or have expertise in different areas is a good way to go through that and let their let their ideas help sink in. And, and with prayer, I think a lot of times we can at least go to the faith part and be okay. All right. If your question didn't get answered today, there's a lot more. Uh, we will catch those on Wednesday with Ken and Jeff and myself on the podcast. This is Whole Life, anywhere you find podcasts. Thanks, Ken. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for being here with us today. We pray that we would leave this place embracing your righteousness and seeking to be righteous in your eyes, knowing that it's impossible without your help, but knowing that you're there with your Holy Spirit to help us be what we can't on our own. We love you. We want to love others the way that you've loved us. We pray in your name. Amen. May God bless you. Have a great Sabbath. I know I love you. Go love your world. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.